0: Hello, Backchatters. I'm Andrew Work.
1: And I'm Mike Rouse. On today's
0: edition of Backchat, we're doing a 2024-2025 budget review. We're going to talk about the lifting of property curves, known as the spicy measures that were introduced over a decade ago to rein in speculation. Specifically, the special stamp duty, the buyer stamp duty, and the new residential stamp duty. They will no longer need to be paid when purchasing a home and what the real estate sector hopes will attract more buyers to the market.
1: Scrapping the measures was announced by the Financial Secretary Paul Chan on Wednesday. Speaking on a Cantonese phone-in program following his budget speech, Mr. Chan said that this year was suitable to remove the measures because there was little speculative activity and there were adequate supplies of homes.
0: However, the minister did highlight that his administration would keep an eye on the market situation and be ready to reintroduce the curbs if needed.
1: After 9.45, we'll gather views on the extension of the EV tax incentives, like that, electronic vehicles, also announced in the financial blueprint.
0: Uh, we want to know what you think of this year's measures. Give us a call on 233 and join the conversation. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 6.8. 68- Nine nine eight five one eight. one more time, that's 6899-8518. Uh, as always, you can comment on our Facebook page or email us on backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, before we get into it with our guests, I would just like to have a note. I, I just hit the headlines. I don't think it's made the RTHK news. Uh, Canadian Prime Minister from, 19, uh, from 1984 until 1993, Brian Mulroney, has left this earth. He was the first Commonwealth leader to uh, move to boycott South Africa on account of apartheid. He was a huge champion of free trade. Uh, I worked under his administration for a cabinet minister. Back in the 90s, just before he left office and met him a couple of times in Hong Kong. And uh, we're sorry he's gone. He was a good prime minister. I'm going to put him
1: down as one of the good ones. I'm going to have to take your word for that.
0: All right. So uh, in case that doesn't make the main news, Brian Mulroney, for all our Canadian listeners, has passed at 84 years of age. I'm sure the uh, obituaries will follow shortly, tallying up the years of his life. More current we have on the show today nicholas brooke who is the chairman of professional property services limited and i would say one of the one of the lions of hong kong real estate for many years uh, nicholas good morning and welcome to the show good morning andrew good morning michael great to have you on also rosanna tang who is the <coughs> executive director and head of research at cushman wakefield good morning rosanna coming to us soon uh in the meantime nicholas uh the budget is out the stamp duties are withdrawn. What do you make of this?
2: Well, I think it's timely. Um, I I think we've reached a stage where um, the measures, if you like, are representing a deterrent, particularly to uh, potential purchasers. I mean, there are many other factors which I'm sure we'll talk about during the program, but um, certainly the stamp duty was a major deterrent to potential purchasers. So uh, you know, I'm in, I was in favour, budget or no budget, if you like, of removing the, the, the measures. Um, I think it's timely. I think we move, need to move to a, a free market, if I may suggest, where, which develops its own levels of value, if you like. Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of government intervention. It, 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 intervention did create the situation we, we found ourselves in.
1: Nick, uh, was it, good morning, was it right to do it all in one go or uh, on a phased basis? As some suggested,
2: I think there are arguments both ways. I, uh, but the market, is, as everybody knows, is very quiet um, and, and it lacks confidence, lacks direction. So, um, you know, if the circumstances are right, which I think they are, to to take the action, we probably probably as well as to do it in one go. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, so there were three stamp duties in particular: special stamp duty, buyer stamp duty, and new residential stamp duty were the were the three. Um, each of them was aimed at tamping down the market in a slightly different way. What, what do you make of each of the three on their own being withdrawn? You want to tackle one first?
2: Um, I, I think uh, um, resale within two years. Um, it, it was, as you know, aimed at uh, the speculator, if you like. Um, I don't think in, in the in the world we're in and world we're going to be in, if you like. Um, that would have a great deal of relevance. I think uh, uh, non-permanent buyers. I think uh, that was that was, if you like, of the three was perhaps the major deterrent. Um, there are people who live in Hong Kong who aren't residents um, who would like to own property and like to make their home here. Um, uh, so I think that was the. If, if you had to select which one um, should be removed, if you like, as against the others, I would have thought that was the uh, the priority, if you like. But all, all three. Um, got in the way, if you like, of uh, normal business.
1: What um, I, I noticed, that we're going to put back for sale the sites that failed to sell uh, this financial year. Um, what, what direction do you think the property market is going to be heading in now?
2: Well, I think we're in a situation where the market needs to find its own, find new levels of value, if I may put it that way. Um, you know in the new circumstances because we've got the removal of the stamp duty but we've also got the intervention of HKMA and we've got relaxed lending curves now and adjusted loan to value ratios which I, I think are going to have more impact if you like than the, uh, the stamp duty uh, removal um, so so uh, I think we've got to, the market's got to find its way find its, uh, the new level of values um, Government's adopted as you've seen a, a cautious approach in terms of announcing um, eight sites, as you say, which six are uh, from last year, were withdrawn last year. And they're, just, they're going to test the water with just one site in the, in the first quarter in Shartin, which is only capable of sustaining 280 units. So uh, it's a step-at-a-time approach, I think, on the part of government. And right. They've, they've admitted they're going to be fairly cautious in handling land supply, and they talk they talk about doing it in a prudent manner.
1: I'm, I'm a bit... Uh cautious also about the forecasts of revenue for the coming financial year because they seem to imply quite a recovery uh, in land sales revenue, uh, which this year, as we know, has been uh, pretty dismal.
2: Well, I, I share your, uh, if you like, not caution, but I have looked at that number and, and just wonder how it's going to be achieved. Um I think government's going to have to adjust its sites in terms of land values when it comes to selling these sites. Um, they're not going to have the levels of revenue they've had before. Uh, and as you said, that number, the number they're, they're discussing or suggesting would indicate previous levels of value, whereas <clears throat> I think we're going to move into a new level of values right. uh, once, once the market finds its new direction.
1: I must say I, I, I agree with that, and I think it's good for Hong Kong if we're now settling for a generally much lower level of land prices, um, because that's what's squeezed the middle class, and also affected the size of properties, because we, in order to make something available, we just keep making them smaller.
2: Yeah, well, we have to w- move away from nano units. I, I, I agree entirely. Um, I, I think government, at one stage, as you know, was setting minimum levels of size. In the sale conditions, yeah, I I would like to see us move back to that model. Um, There is a certain level below which, if you like, we shouldn't be building. Maybe it's 350, maybe it's 400 square feet. But um, uh, we we should be thinking this one through because we should be aiming to improve the quality of stock, not only in terms of size but also in terms of design. We should be building communities, run single category estates. So, government's got a quite quite an important role, I think. Um, in terms of setting the direction for land transactions in the future.
1: I, th- I think that's critical, and I think you're absolutely right, in the sense that we're looking to, uh, for people to come to live here, and we're also looking for our own talented youngsters to stay here and build a life and build a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to do that with 150 square feet flats.
2: No, we're not, for sure. The, the other thing we we haven't got is, is, is a, an adequate rental stock, um, Many of the young people I talk to don't necessarily have the aspiration to own. They want to occupy and they want to use and they want to uh, share, if you like, and enjoy. Uh, But they're cautious about taking on the responsibility of ownership. And we just don't have the rental stock that they're looking for as well. So I think government's got another role, which they haven't really yet got the head round, of selling land um, to developers for building rental uh, uh, communities, if you like, um, Mm. with conditions which restrict them to uh, building just for rent. I think that's something that also we're going to have to take on and increase the, the variety right. of stock, if you like, within the menu. That- Absolutely, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Just a reminder to our listeners, you can join us by giving us a call at two three three eight eight two six six here on RTHK Radio 3's Back Chat. We're joined on the line now by Rosanna Tang, who's the Executive Director and Head of Research at Cushman Wakefield. Good morning, Rosanna.
3: Hi, morning.
0: Hey, so, Rosanna, we are... Uh, dive in. We've gone quickly from a discussion of of dropping the three spicy taxes, the Mm -hmm. special stamp duty, the buyer stamp duty, the new residential stamp duty, into the broader structure of the Hong Kong real estate market and what it means for government funds. Um, But since you've just joined us, what is your quick, what is your hot take on the uh, dropping of the SSD, the BSD, and the NRSD?
3: Well, of course, we we do, uh, well, appreciate the government's response to Um, actually hear about the market demands by cancelling all these kind of demand-side measures Um, because initially when they imposed these kind of special stamp duties, buyer stamp duties, the market was really um, full of the speculative activities back then. Um, But now we can see that most of the buyers in the market are mainly focusing on end-users type and upgraders who are looking to maybe move on a bigger flat. So... um, and especially now with the market situation, I think this is a quite a um, much long-awaited um, move from the government that can help to, so, uh, well, in a way, recover some of the market buyer's confidence. So I think we are glad to see that. But. Um, Of course, we are not saying that we expect this kind of um, relaxation of cooling measures will necessarily bring to a stimulation or V-shaped rebound of the property Uh. price because currently we still see that there are quite some factors still challenging the Hong Kong housing market, including the high interest rate, as well as some of the economic uh, recovery pace um, uh, with the stock market volatility. So I think for this time, even with the government... um, Easing these uh, stamp duty smashes initial in an initial stage, it it could help to restore some confidence in the um, uh, and the housing transaction volume first. um, Before it could really bring back the housing price per se.
1: Right, Rosanna. Let me throw you a question that I threw to Nick earlier. Was it right to do them, uh, scrap them all in one go?
3: Um. Well, I think last time when they announced the policy address um, last year in October, they already started to relax partially of these kind of STEM duties. So I think um, back then the people actually get that the the government, um, they are doing something and try to stabilise the housing market price. Um, Whether it's, it's... good or bad this time to describe it all. I think um in a sense that while well, Hong Kong, at the end of the day, we are an, an international uh, global gateway city and we should restore uh, a free um, market of economy in terms of buying and selling of the residential properties which uh, in in a way is very important to some of the overseas investors and overseas buyers or whoever wanted to um, tap into the uh, property market so I think restore this uh, free market mechanism is
0: also something good to right. visit well. I mean the, mar- the market is reacting every day every hour every minute whereas the government kind of makes a policy move once a year. Maybe,
1: if we're lucky. Nick, what, are we putting the market back in charge of the market? Is that the message?
2: Yes, I hope it is. Uh, and That's, that's you know, just echoing what Rosanna was saying. I, th- I think we need to let the market find its new level and, and for business to be done as usual without intervention. Um, right. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we are going to find things that are more... Uh, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not controlled, if you will, not, not, in, in, uh, not controlled through intervention, just to let things happen uh, uh, based on demand and supply, based on market factors, uh, the normal things that drive uh, price and the and, and setting of value.
1: Right. And, of course, in, in addition to those people who now will find it easier to upgrade and maybe get a bigger apartment in a, in a, a superior location, There are also some people who want to downgrade in the sense of the children have grown up and moved out. Um, They don't need such a big flat echoing like an aircraft hangar. They they want somewhere smaller and cheaper.
2: Uh, Indeed. Um, I mean, there's a lot of movement in the market. There's upgrading going on. Um, There's downgrading, as you say. Um, uh, This is all part of a normal market, and uh, we just, when I say we need to let it happen, I think we, we need to allow it to happen without government intervention.
1: Right. So, And these these various measures, stamp duty, they in fact constrain some of the natural movement that might otherwise have taken place.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, as uh, Rosanna was saying, I think the measures did act as a deterrent to potential purchases, um, and they've been waiting for its removal. Um, uh, so in that sense, I think it, it is and was timely. Um, but there are other factors, and... <coughs> Well, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the other factors uh, we need to take into account is supply. Um, there is latent demand both from end users and upgraders, but the developers are sitting on 17 to 20,000 units which are ready for sale. Um, so that you know that's got to be absorbed um, as part of the re- readjustment of value as we move forward. Right. I think in the, in the short term we probably will see values uh, fall. Um, level and then obviously move up when we see the confidence really restored to the market.
1: When when you've mentioned or there's been mention of a need to expand the rental sector of the market, that it with all the focus has been on ownership and then maybe we need more rental units available. Is it possible or practical to specify in land sales agreements that anything built should only be for rental?
2: Yes, it is possible, and it's done uh, in many other economies around the world. Built for rent, the uh, the, the conditions restrict the, the, the use of the uh, units to to rental for, for rental purposes. The developer builds and creates a community, um, acts as the agent, if you like, and then he can sell on to as a whole to an investor, to an institution um, who then own the community, if you like, and manage the uh, estate and collect the rents. it's it's a model which has been proved very successful as well, so no reason why we can't do it here. It's, obviously, it's, it's, it affects Nick, land value, because if you can only rent, then obviously um, the value will reflect that. Um, but it's something I think we should build into the menu.
0: Nick, Nicholas, isn't that called public housing, and that's what half of Hong Kong lives in already? I mean, don't we already have that?
2: We Do we need more? <laughs> <coughs> That's public housing and that's subsidised rent. I'm talking about um, a level of uh, involvement uh, from involving the private sector, if you like, where people pay um, a a, a market rent, if you like, to occupy and use, uh, as against have the help of uh, government through uh, public rental. Hmm, Yeah, I agree with that that,
3: because. Um like public housing uh, currently probably the um the audience or the occupants are mainly focusing on well hong kong lo- uh, local citizens but we can see that from some of the recent number uh, and also on the budget actually their <clears throat> the incoming talents number has been growing tremendously over the last twelve months, so for those um uh, incoming um professionals or experts um when they first come to Hong Kong, they may not necessarily immediately buy into the um, Hong Kong housing market. So we do see that that's why there is kind of a decoupling trend between the pricing index and the rental index over the last 12 months um, with indicated that um, there is a very strong support and resilient support from the market force in the rental housing segment um, in Hong Kong currently. And I I do think that this trend will be ongoing because, well, the travel talent policy will be ongoing. That's
1: right. If the talent policy is successful, then we're going to make this shortage or uh, apparent shortage of of rental for higher end uh, more severe.
2: And these people will want to live in communities too they will want to live in civil category housing so again we you know we need to think carefully how we package and uh, and uh, address community development in in terms of land sales so right. got-
1: given the lead time though and given the fact that the talents are already arriving uh, we need to move pretty quickly then.
2: we do we <laughs> do and and uh, it may be that um, you know some of the these sites as a for sale in the next year. Could be, could be, the conditions could be changed and they could be offered as, as uh, sites for rental.
1: Rental mm. and
0: on, on a community basis. Is, yeah. No, I'm yeah. not sure that I'm sold on this. I think if the market decides it needs a community-based rental the housing, they'll provide it. Rosanna Tang over at Cushman and Wakefield. Who was popping champagne corks? Who's going to make more money out wait, of wait. this budget. The residential guys, the commercial agents, I mean, who who in your office was really excited because they think there's going to be more money to be made as a result of this new budget?
3: Well, I think instead of popping champagne, I think it's more like a, a, a slight relief from the current tension in the market. I think some of the developers as far as we talk to or hear about uh, from our client side um, now with the realization of these dumb duties, um, I do do believe that um, the previous inventory that are hold on the developers and will be um, well, some of them may be more active in pushing or launching um, their first hand sales of the flats this year um, because we, we, we saw that well, with the market condition last year, some of the um, pre-sale uh, activities were were holding up. So this year, we 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 believe that these um, first-hand sales could be uh, more reactivated again, um, and also for some of the current home owners. Well, like we mentioned before, we're looking to upgrade, um, but previously perhaps um, hesitated by the special stamp duty. Um, And now they, with the relaxation of the, these kind of holding periods, now they are more freely to move around the flats and perhaps to choose either bigger or smaller of the flats in in terms of um, introducing more liquidity um, in the in in, in the market transaction now. Hmm.
0: So I did go see the movie uh, The Goldfinger, the uh, which apparently has been the biggest selling movie and it's all about property speculators and that uh, so so that that's where I had these visions of champagne poppers in my head.
2: Um, <laughs> but you're you uh, the message and yeah. I, I think we should be celebrating certainty. Uh you know there's nothing worse from a market perspective than uncertainty. And we've had this Hanging around now for the best part of two or three years. Um, now we do. Now there is a clear way forward. And you know, if we ask to celebrate, I think we should be celebrating that that, that certainty.
0: Uh, the government did say that they might reintroduce the measures if the market turned. I mean, how likely do you think that scenario is, or are we far away from that?
2: Well, interesting. What Rosanna has said. Uh, I don't think we're going to. In the future, we'll have we, we'll have cycles. Uh, and there will be ups and downs. But I don't think we're going to see the the volatility that we've seen in the past. I think government through land supply and just uh, through more cautious and sensible demand uh, initiatives, if you like, uh, I think we're going to see a more uh, controlled or uh, less, less volatility in terms of the curves. So there'll be ups and downs, but the opportunity to speculate, the opportunity to make a quick buck, if you like, I'm not sure it's going to be there in the property right. sector in the future.
1: I think, is the government going to uh, have a second and f- thorough look at its uh, minimum prices? Because it's, it's rejected some bids for some sites, saying it doesn't meet our expectations.
2: Well, it's go- it has to. You know, when it sells land for tender, it has to set reserves, uh, internal reserves, anyway, uh, and I suspect those reserves are going to be uh, um, somewhat cautious. Uh, because they if, they, if they move ahead with sales, they'll want to achieve a, uh, an outcome. So that I think I, I would think that the uh, reserves will be... There will be an illness, of course, in the reserves, which perhaps hasn't been there before.
1: Because people have said that the reserve system, in fact, is the government maintaining a high price.
2: Well, it, it is and has been. I mean... In a way, they're torn, as you know, because they regard themselves as trustees, uh, and, and part of their role is, is to maximise revenue, maximise value. Uh, but this, of course, works against the, uh, the our other objectives in terms of the, property, uh, the residential property market, trying to maintain, trying to keep prices and uh, affordability at sensible levels.
0: Uh, Rosanna, quick hit before we go. you got about uh, 30 seconds to give us your final word. Bouquets or brickbats for this budget in terms of real estate?
3: Well, I think overall it, it, it did give a boost and um, restore some kind of confidence to the market. So overall, I think uh, we, we, all, we or the industry, I uh, think most of the people are still very happy to see the outcome of this in terms of the, the new policy that they
0: announced. I'm glad to hear it. I I sit on the uh, real estate committee for the Canadian Chamber of Commerce and the British Chamber of Commerce. And every time we have a meeting, they say, what should we tell the government? I said, get rid of these three (laughs) stamp duties. And now they've done it. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Rosanna Tang, executive director and head of research at Cushman Wakefield. uh, Thank you for joining us today. Nicholas Brooke from Professional Property Services is going to continue with us after a short break for the news and a couple of uh, messages from our friendly HKSAR government. Uh, In the meantime, having a look at the weather, mainly cloudy, cool in the morning and at night. Minimum temperature of about 16 degrees in the urban areas and even lower in the new territories tomorrow. But max temperature, 19 degrees. Sounds like great weather for hiking. Uh, So there's your weather at the half hour. (laughs) And now the news on RTHK.
4: The financial secretary, Paul Chen, has defended the immediate scrapping of property cooling measures, saying the city has an ample supply of flats for everyone. He also defended the introduction of a hotel tax and a new two-tier tax regime. He was speaking in a radio phone-in program on his budget. The head of the automobile association says he believes tax concessions on electric vehicles are the main catalyst for the growth in sales here. Peter Goh says in 2019... EVs made up 7% of total car sales, but this ratio increased to 65% last year. And the head of the World Green Organization says the methanol refueling industry is expected to grow by 30% over the next five years, so Hong Kong should try to capture this opportunity. William Yu was commenting on the government's plan to hold a feasibility study into having methanol bunkering services in Hong Kong for local and ocean-going vessels. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
1: You dump rubbish and leave old motorcycles in the alley, I clean it all up. You dump boxes, cigarette butts, takeaway meal containers, and drink cans at the street corner, I clean it up. People even dump construction debris and old furniture everywhere. She dumps rubbish, he dumps rubbish too. We keep cleaning it up. That's a never-ending cycle. It's time to change. Stop dumping rubbish keep the environment clean for a better Hong Kong.
4: Like to eat raw or undercooked food? Beware of food poisoning. Ready-to-eat food has risks too and may expose you to antimicrobial-resistant bacteria. Infants, the elderly, pregnant women and those with weakened immunity should avoid it follow five keys to food safety buy food from licensed shops always wash hands and utensils separate raw and cooked food keep food at four degrees celsius or below or above 60 degrees celsius and cook food thoroughly avoid raw and undercooked food to reduce disease risks
0: And we're back on Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work here today with Mike Rouse, and we are talking Hong Kong real estate in the wake of the budget. Although I did have an extra news, uh, bit of news at the top of the hour uh, that the Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney uh, has passed, and so I'm sure our Canadian listeners will uh, definitely want to take note of that. It's quite a big deal. 84 years old. So we are uh, so young. So, yeah, I, know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he had a good run. Um, I'm, very, I'm, I'm a little clamped over the whole thing. Uh, but joining us today, Nicholas Brooke is the chairman of Professional Property Services. And now on the line, Dr. Vera Yun, lecturer in economics at Hong Kong University School of Business. Uh, good morning, Dr. Yun. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on. So we're talking, uh, the government has decided to cancel the SPICY taxes, the SSD, the BSD, and the NRSD, uh, special stamp duties um all around uh, I, I mean this is the government is in a mo- in a mode where they are trying to gather some more revenue and cut spending on account of running a huge deficit um these stamp duties were actually quite a decent little earner for the government i mean how much impact i mean uh, how much do you think that played into their decision making on this issue well
5: i think a lot of it is it- on um, the fiscal revenue, and then the other part is the pressure from uh, the real estate sector. But, um, I mean, the government doesn't have to listen to these uh, real estate tycoons. Uh, it, is, it does not feel that it, it is something that it should be done. But really, really, it's losing, I guess, seven, eight of the revenue from land sales, and it's really facing a midterm fiscal challenge right. so of course if he uh, if the government removes all this extra stamp duty it will lose this extra stamp duty part but anyway if there's no transaction you wouldn't be <laughs> you know collecting uh, this extra stamp duty yes so- getting
1: extra when there's no business is, is <laughs> not worth anything yeah. you really want yeah. the market to be working again
5: Exactly, but it's more important to have land sales because in the past it contributed like about 20% of the revenue. It depends on the year, but it is an important source of uh, government revenue. We're saying that Hong Kong has low tax rate, but the hidden tax comes from the property price or rent. So we are literally paying a much higher uh, housing cost so that the government has enough uh, revenue. Right. And if the land is not going to sell, it's not going to receive anything.
1: Was, do you think, Vera, that it was right to do it in a big bang and scrap everything at once, or would a phased approach have also worked?
5: Um, well, it, there are two sides of the argument. I, I personally think the non-residence one may not be curbed, uh company holders they, they shouldn't be like buying this property because in in Chinese society it's very strange. Like people don't think it's only an investment but they think it's a necessity, although it, it's actually not relevant. But but you know there are people who always like have preference to buy rather than rent in, in Chinese society. So that's another issue. But um uh I think like there... Uh, benchmark of like why they should be scraping is like uh, the initial environment uh, of why these uh, spicy regulations were there they have been gone so because the market has changed totally therefore they live it. I think it's kind of reasonable and and then there's another thing they have raised the loan to venue ratio to about 70% for right. uh, non-luxury houses and then they have like overall raised the loan to value ratio. Then it is easier to borrow money. And then they have curbed the stress test. And I think for the stress test thing, it it is it could be reasonable in the run because you know the U.S. Fed they have announced to reduce interest rate by 75 basis point in this year, which means stress test is to increase it by 200 based upon to see if you can still pay for a mortgage mm. uh, in face of interest rate hike. But then since we know that it's going to be lower, there's no need for the
1: stress test. But, but we don't know uh, when, I yes. guess. Um, Nick, we, uh, th- we, haven't, we haven't touched on really this thing about the rates, the differential rate cost, because um, it's not one, one of the special hot measures. What, <coughs> what, what was your take on that, that uh, luxury flats should oh. be a higher percentage?
2: I think it's fair. Um, you know, you could argue or debate the extent of the steps, if you like, but the principle, I think, is, is fair. Um, I don't, you know, we tax ownership in Hong Kong, in the way which just been described, I think we should tax occupation as well. And the, the more luxury the property, if you like, the higher the tax. So I, I think it's a fair intervention. Soak the rich.
1: So right. there is. I, yeah, I, I guess it depends what side what side of that guideline you are.
2: Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, You know, there's an argument that everybody shouldn't pay 5%, if you like. You know, there are those who could afford to pay more and should pay more.
1: Should it be... I, how will it work? Will it be 5% up to the limit and then um, more above the limit? Or will it be, once you're in a higher bracket, it's for every the whole thing?
2: I think it's for the whole thing. Not just for the... Uh, Top up, if
1: you like. Right. So there are going to be a lot of appeals to get down below the new limit. Then <laughs> I think
2: RVD will be busy. Yes.
0: <laughs> so the 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 uh, the move to change the LTV <clears throat> ratio, as as uh, Vera has identified, is quite important. Um, Nicholas, uh, the, that was some people in my meeting yesterday with the British Chamber uh, thought that was the most important thing that they'd seen in terms of what it could do for the market. What's your take on on what the L, the uh, loan to value
2: ratio? I I agree. I think it. It's going to have more significance than, than removing the uh, the measures, if you like. Um, because a lot of uh, first time buyers and uh are, are in the queue, so to speak, wanting to buy. Um, if there's normality in terms of pricing, then uh, if they can now borrow more, albeit that it's, go- it's still expensive, of course, it's six you know, to seven percent to borrow that uh to borrow that 70 percent now. Um, it's, it's it's high, it's high. Um, but it. it Over time, I think the the, the ability to borrow more will impact the market, Um, and it will impact the market more than the uh, the removal of the measures.
0: Why why are we setting a ratio at all? Why don't we just let the banks and mortgage offerors decide what the LTV should be? Let them take the risk.
2: Uh, uh, Again, I think that should happen over time, yes, yes.
1: Isn't that the HKMA, though, with its concern about the security of the banking system?
2: Well, it's also uh, concerned about people uh, borrowing too much and moving into negative equity. Um, right. You know, if they're borrowing at 80 or 90%, the market's only got a full 10%, and then all their equity is gone, so to speak. So um, mm. this way, that people, have, if you like, have more skin in the game and therefore perhaps uh, act a little more prudently.
1: Right. All, all the emphasis on the discussion so far has been on freedom, freedom is coming back, let the market rule... One final thing on size, though. Other places, some other places, have a statutory minimum size of apartments. Should we be going down that road at all?
2: I think so. Well, in terms of land sales, we can and should. We did. Uh, and, and I think it's it's something that could and should be reintroduced, particularly if we're talking about building communities in the future. Um, we want to build a, a range of units and we certainly want a minimum size. We want housing for the young, housing for the elderly, et cetera. So the mix and the meld I think is something that government should think about carefully and when they're uh, crafting uh, land sale terms in the
1: future. Vera, minimum size?
5: Well, um, in principle, there shouldn't be restriction on how property uh, development does their business. But in reality, I mean, if market has gone crazy in the past. Um so that kind of regulation make, maybe can reduce those bad for
0: the houses in right. the long run. Don't we want to go back to like, you know, the good old days when we had communal bathrooms and you know, like <laughs> I watch those old nineteen sixties Hong Kong movies, you know, in the mood for love and all well, that.
1: Andrew, and let me answer that one before the guests. No, we don't want to go back to houses <laughs> <communal G.
0: Powell's laughs> and communal bathrooms. That's And kitchens. And communal kitchens. Yeah. Huh like p m q where our, where our former chief executive grew up
2: so, so we it's- joke I mean shared occupation is something that uh, young people particularly favor um, shared occupation in terms of communal uh eating and, and living areas if you like, and then the sleeping and the bathrooms are separate uh, and building you know building um, communities if you like on that basis um, I, yeah which, uh, I don't think we should dismiss it out of hand
1: I remember fifty years ago renting one room. In a flat where three other people have their own room as well, hmm. and we shared uh, the toilet, and we shared the kitchen
2: and that concept can be extended to a, fl- a whole floor, it can be extended to a building, yes, sure yes. first
0: year residence at university why not so uh, we've so uh, for now, the SSD, the BSD, and the NRSD are toast what 's the next move that the Hong Kong government can make to Uh, revitalize or give more freedom to our real estate market? Dr. Yun.
5: Oh, I I think they already have the freedom. I mean, it's completely, like, deregulated now. Uh, At least in the uh, real estate transaction side. I mean, even for speculators, they can enter and they can do whatever they like.
0: So so you think, okay, so you wouldn't have any, so for next year's budget, you wouldn't have any recommendations saying this is the next move you should make?
5: I think for the recommendation, it can only be more regulation because they have already scraped nearly all except the original, the Ed on stand Duty and, and all these things.
0: Nicholas, come on! I, I I need something to bring to my, my brit Britcham and Cancham real estate committee meetings. Give me something. Give me a recommendation for next year. What is the next move? The I think we,
2: we need a much clearer pattern of land sales, um, not just announcement that you know they're aged and they may be sold in next year. I think we need certainty in terms of a very clear program of land sales. But more particularly, I think we need a much wider mix of units um, in, in the, within those sales. Um, uh, the government's going to have to think about how it achieves what I keep calling this community blend, if you like, um, not just one size, not mm-hmm. just one category of housing, actually uh, taxing the developer to build a, comu- develop, develop and build a community mm-hmm. as against single category housing.
1: Nick, are we, are we going to see a decline or continuation of the decline in pure speculation and maybe a return to investing for wealth preservation?
2: I think, given what I was saying earlier, I think the cycles are going to be less acute, if you like. There's going to be less volatility. So I think there, there will be scope for investment as against speculation in the longer term once the, the market finds this, uh, it's this new level of value, I think.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, uh, you don't think that if the market, if, if, if there was money to be made in providing a greater range of options, that the market would provide for it? Or are you saying nah, it, there's it m-
1: will? But it won't be wildly speculative.
2: But, and and the land values will reflect the the requirements of the, of the mix as well. You know, uh, the developer won't have quite the free hand they did as he had before.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Nicholas Brooke, uh, Chairman of Professional Property Services Limited. You've given us something to think about, as always. And uh, thank you uh, to a regular guest here on Backchat, Dr. Vera Yun, who is a lecturer in economics at the Hong Kong University Business School. Thank you both for joining us today. We are continuing here on Backchat with Andrew Work and Mike Rouse.
1: You're listening to BackChat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say.
0: That's right. You are more than welcome to give us a call here on BackChat and put a, guest, uh, put a question to our next guest, who, uh, if you'd like to call, the number is 233 And we are going to be talking about electric vehicles because they were also part of the budget. And I'm sure Patrick Lee the founder of Rabbit Energy, uh, which is a company providing electric charging stations for electronic uh, vehicles, uh, I'm sure he was watching the budget with some some interest. Patrick, uh, tell us uh, tell us about the the measures in the budget that apply to electronic vehicles.
6: Uh, I think you mean electric vehicles. There you uh, go. Well, yes, um, um, oh, electric. Electronic? We don't. No. Should be electric. We don't say electronic. <laughs> should be okay. Should be, yeah electric vehicles anyway so uh well thanks uh uh, for inviting me well that uh it is uh an expected move uh, uh, by the government uh because obviously of our you know the budget deficit uh, that the government is facing uh in fact the industry has been um, putting a very close eye and uh, worrying about uh, that the the total subsidy schemes uh would uh, stop but uh, thank god that that, uh, they still maintain that for another two years well obviously that is uh, a, a, a reduction uh, of the, uh, the 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 amounts of uh, subsidy. So I think the market is in anticipation of that. And obviously, there, uh, according to the market intelligence, uh, a lot of consumers is uh, you know taking the last uh, bite and uh, rushing to place order uh, in the the past few months. Uh, so a lot of the car uh, uh, manufacturers actually are you know, scrambling to try to, to get enough uh, supply.
0: Uh, to to the to the market is the supply there? Are they are they going to be able to meet that demand that's that's coming in a rush?
6: Well, uh, well, obviously the, the um, uh, it depends on the the model, but uh, a lot of them uh, you know may, may not have uh, enough uh, supply. So there's uh, you know some of the consumer, uh, well, unfortunately, they would have to uh, you know pay a higher price uh, yes. due to the reduction of subsidy.
1: Patrick, what, what why why are we putting a time limit on this? Why aren't we preferring electric vehicles rather than the old petrol guzzling ones on a long term basis on environmental grounds
6: well um, um i think the uh now coming from an industry standpoint obviously the the, the best thing would be that open end check that the government would uh, unconditionally uh, lead support uh, electric vehicle but uh uh, with that say, uh, I think also from the government standpoint and also from a technology standpoint, from a technology standpoint, um, the price of the, uh, electric vehicles, uh, is, uh, is actually dropping. Uh, and, uh, particularly the, uh, battery price in the past, uh, few months, um, the cost of, uh, lithium has, uh, uh, reduced, uh, by over the 10, 15 percent. And there is also an anticipation that the uh, as a result of that uh, battery which uh, uh, represents 60% of the total cost of an electric vehicle, right? Uh, well, might also come down. So as technologies you know get you know getting more you know, mature, or there are new technology uh, that's cheaper and better. Um, just like you know in those days when we are you know holding a, a huge uh, water bottle, so to speak, mobile uh, you know, <laughs> phone, and, and uh, you know it is now know you know the same phone. Well, that's uh, right. the same function, is only a fraction of the price. They used to so, be
1: huge, uh, didn't they, the mobile phones? <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah. So uh, therefore, you know, we can anticipate that the cost of electric uh, uh, vehicles uh, w- will have a very high chance that to so-called uh, reduce. So, uh, you know, yeah, you know, you know, in principle, we would love the governments to have an unconditional support you know, forever and ever. <laughs> but uh, I think from a practical and right. in, an objective view that, you know, as a customer, as an industry practitioner, um, we also don't need to uh, worry too much about that because well, okay. uh, things uh, will be going in a better direction.
1: Let's look at the charging situation how uh, was there anything for you in the budget
6: Well, the charging situation? yes, it is obviously a, a left behind situation uh uh that's a a, a well known fact uh, um, and um, uh, but with that say um, uh the government uh, as we see that they are you know, dishing out uh, you know, uh, different incentive from a, a private vehicle standpoint uh, the the EHSS you no know, electric vehicle home charging subsidy scheme uh, is on the road um, there's now um, you no know, something like the 700 uh, uh, estates you know a- apply for the same scheme and then the 40 of them uh, has approved and already in store that will satisfy about the 200,000 uh, of the total private vehicles, uh, you know, parking space, would have their own uh, charging the, uh, facility. Right. Uh but obviously, the next question is: uh, What about the other? There's about six hundred thousand uh, private vehicles on the road, and then plus another big number for the uh, van. Now, that is still a, a, a an issue that they need to address. The government has, you know, dashed out also you know, talking to gas station, and reportedly, again, market intelligence uh, about a hundred of them. Uh, almost half of them have applied uh, for, uh, you know, uh, adding. Electric charging facility how, uh, right. to, to to them, so that would I think so down down the down the road, you know, that will be you know, resolved uh, step by step. How
1: how are we doing on making sure that everyone the plug compatibility? Um, because at one point there was a different plug. You needed for one Tesla, and a different kind of plug you needed for other. That's right. And did, didn't the major
0: car manufacturers about eight months ago they rolled over and said, "All right, we're just going to go with the Tesla version of charging because it's so much better." Is that is that is that a fair representation, Patrick? What's what's the situation in Hong Kong?
6: Well, the um, the situation in Hong Kong is still very much so. Uh, you know, one brand, without naming it, uh, you know who uh, is uh, still a, the dedicate charging station for their own. Uh, car brand owner, and then it's, uh, and then it's the rest uh within the rest that uh, you can say there's still you know, a small portion but less than one percent uh, with uh, using a chattomo, which is a Japanese uh, 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 standard which is uh, a very small portion so basically in Hong Kong you can say it's the it's the tea brand. And the non-T brand, basically, you can know, you know looking
0: at in that in the layman term. Um, is there now, is there some reason you don't want to say Tesla? Is it like Voldemort, uh, he who must not be named? Am I am I miss? Is this like an EV industry thing? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, it is. Um, Obviously, it's an individual, you know,
6: company decision. But if you look at the tea brand that uh, in 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 the U.S., uh, apart from the other brands, is so-called joining their their technology or their, their camp, but in fact uh, they are also opening up in in in, in U.S. and in, in Europe, they are opening up that to uh you know, selective site location to other brands uh, as well. So um, I think that uh, uh, we will very much uh, will continue. Uh, the so-called, uh, the, the two system, uh, two standard, uh, camp, um, which is obviously suboptimal in terms of, you know, right. the uh, benefits of the general, uh, uh, benefits. Uh, but then, um,
1: absolutely you know, because
6: nobody uh, can stop, you know, you know somebody from the, doing the, this, uh, unless Unless like the EU, that uh, they stop uh, Apple from the you know producing you know charger use or a phone using and lighting, um, uh, they have to now to use the the, the C type uh, uh, charging. But uh, no, it, it would take some effort uh, and, and lawmakers uh, to 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 push that Bec-
2: agenda.
1: Well, I'm thinking because there are public car parks which have uh, electric bays, charging bays, um, and there are lots of requirements now to have. Incentives, as you mentioned, but if you drive in and park there and it, your plug doesn't fit, that's pretty useless, isn't it?
6: Uh, well, but then, uh, yeah, you're you're, you're correct. Uh, so, uh, as I say, this is a optimal situation. But if we put it in the bigger scheme of things, uh, bigger scheme of things, uh, I think the the standard is one barrier, but then I think the general availability of uh, 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 public uh, charging. And private public charging facility is the real hurdle because if you look at the number uh, obviously you will hear that uh, 60 and actually the, now almost 70 percent in December of newly registered vehicle are electric vehicles so you're looking at that number 60 to 70 percent is a very high number right but if you look at the total car population uh, of Hong Kong uh, again focusing on private vehicle now uh, about six hundred thousand and 60% is easy to remember. 600,000 and 60% of them are actually uh, over six years old. And that means that they are you know, uh, eligible uh, for the uh, one-to-one uh, thing. That means that a good 360,000 uh, vehicle owner you know, should you know, line up and uh, get that subsidy and buy a new electric vehicle. But uh, we are not seeing that uh, happen uh, as we speak. Uh, there's only uh, no, a 11 no, percent. Uh, that means about uh, 11 12 percent of the total private vehicles is only right. electric vehicle. So we still have a long way to go uh, to you know the, uh, decarbonizing. Uh, all private uh, uh, vehicle, and uh, it will really not just the vehicle subsidy. Uh, the charging infrastructure, you know, uh, uh, definitely have a role to play. And obviously, uh, by the end of the day, it will be the um, decisions of individual consumer. Uh, I can I have heard uh, talk to a lot of consumer. Uh, those weekend drivers, since they don't use you know the car that much, they don't know they don't mind continue uh, driving a. Um, uh, a internal combustion engines uh, for a while so that you no know, consumer psychology or you no know, practical consideration is, is also a uh, hurdle okay. uh, for fully decarbonizing uh, the
0: Hong Kong uh, private vehicles yeah Hong Kong is a strange place um, we've got an email here from Chi uh, and then I'll say I'll explain my statement why it's a strange place but first I'll have an email from Chi he says there are just too many cars in Hong Kong electric or otherwise not for the government to provide any concessions in fact a higher first registration tax would be more appropriate. She thinks uh, that we have too many cars in Hong Kong, but to be honest, personal ownership uh, of vehicles in Hong Kong is spectacularly low compared to pretty much you know every other wealthy country that I've ever been to. still
1: too high for the roads that we've got.
0: Yeah. Well, um, from a population standpoint, you are correct. Uh, you no, know,
6: by you no, know, if we compare, you no, know, the more you no know, developed country like you no, know, uh, like the U.S., we are far below. Now the that 's a big topic of uh, traffic congestion, but going back to the first registration tax and, and uh, uh, the rest, uh, first day that i 'm not sending any car, so i 'm you know, having a more neutral position <laughs> here um, that you know increasing a uh, first registration tax is not the way to go. Uh, well very simple because the cost of a car park now is uh, easily two minutes in some of the
0: prime locations. so that is the and primary. Barrier to car ownership is finding a place. Yeah, exactly.
6: In. The car part is already expensive enough, and then FRT first registration tax. You know how much you can increase? You no, know, um, and uh, uh, I would look at the 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 uh, most of the FRT is uh, you know um, a million or so. You know for some of the expensive uh, you no know, luxury car, so. Um, uh, so if the parking space is already two minutes, right. you know the FRT increasing by another 10,000, another, for the matter, 100,000, uh, is not going to deter L- less significant. Uh, you know, people right. who uh, really uh, need a car. Now, but coming back to the traffic congestion, uh, is a big topic, definitely not for today, but I'll just give you some number again. It's just layman yep. number. 30% of the Hong Kong population is in New Territory. 30% is in Kowloon. And 20% is in Hong Kong Island. Mm-hmm. And you guess what? In the morning, fifty percent, a good fifty percent of that car, of those cars, is pouring into Kowloon, sure. and then, and then, both of them are pouring into Hong Kong Island. Mm. Now, there's no infrastructure in the world can handle that kind of importing of right. vehicles into a tiny spot called the Hong Kong Island.
1: Right, Patrick. A quick question with about thirty seconds to answer. How are we between? Pure EV and hybrids.
6: Wow, that is a. (laughs) Going to take more than 30 seconds? My (laughs) personal favorite is actually, uh, I think hybrid makes a lot of sense. Uh, because it does not require, you know, the uh, you know, public money to build infrastructure. Um, therefore, I see that there are a number of countries uh, actually reconsidering hybrid as a viable option uh, to at least bridge between EV and the uh, uh,
1: internal right. combustion engine. Because it hybrid removes, a very good choice. it removes concern a good choice. about distance, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, and therefore, in the U.S., as you look at uh, you know the leading um, uh, hybrid manufacturer uh, that start with another T, uh, yes. you know who?
1: Um, <laughs> and followed they, by O Instead record, of the,
6: uh... <laughs> they have uh, record volume and record profit uh, in Q3. They are still by far the world biggest car manufacturer in the world. Despite okay. all the hype about the
0: uh, electric vehicle. All right, so uh, I guess I, I guess the, the basic message is we can look forward to more electric vehicles. I looked up the difference between electric and electronic, but we don't have enough time to get into it. For <laughs> pet ants like me, uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Patrick Lee, who is the founder of Rabbit Energy, an electric charging station provider, to fill us in on what's going on with electric vehicles. Thank you, Mike Rouse. Great way to finish the yep. week. Uh, also, to our producer, Raphael Brett, and audio engineer, Tong Wing Ming. Uh, this has been a very exciting close to the week here on RTHK Radio 3 on Backchat.